You're going where? You're doing what? Are you crazy, Aunt Tam? Make sure you subscribe. Welcome to Many Roads Traveled. I'm Tamara, and I have one question for you. Do you love to travel? Awesome! Well, then I invite you to join me on my 30,000-mile road trip from Paris to Cape Town back to Nairobi. One more thing. We'll be traveling back in time to 1993 before the internet, Google Maps, and cell phones. However, not to worry because I do give you up-to-date info on each episode. Plus, you can always find more information on my website, manyroadstravel.com. So, without further ado, let's hit the road! Welcome to episode 14. And on today's episode, we're basically going up and down the Nile. <laughs> so, we go from Luxor to Cairo from Cairo back to Luxor, to Aswan, and then into Sudan. So we cover about 775 miles on this episode, taking us up to 8,775 miles along the way. And a quick little podcast update. So I'm up to 42 countries that I have listeners from, which is great. Thank you so much for listening. And the top five this week are Canada, USA, Great Britain, France, and Poland. Okay, so pick up where we left off last episode. It's day 80. And like I said, we just got the night train from Luxor back to Cairo because we had to keep coming back to Cairo. I think this is our third yeah, third time, fourth time in Cairo because we've been waiting for our Sudan visa for weeks. So we headed back to our favorite place to stay, Hotel Select in Cairo. And there were a few girls that we had met along the way. I think we met them in Nueva and Siwa Oasis. So that was cool. So we caught up with them. And then we headed out to the Sudan Embassy with fingers crossed, toes crossed, everything crossed. Just like, oh, can we please get this visa and get going? Because at this point, we'd been in Egypt for about four weeks or so. Anyways, we get, we get to the embassy. And hallelujah, our names were the, the second and third last on the list for that week. But we got our visa, so we paid our 50 US dollars. So, so happy because <laughs> we get going on, on our African adventure. So we're like, okay, great. So we got to get back on the train tonight. <laughs> so headed over to the train station because we wanted to get trained straight to Aswan. Of course, the train was full. So yeah, that's why we had to go back to Luxor. <laughs> So we're like, okay, great. We went back to Hotel Select, said goodbye to everyone, picked up our bags, and headed to the train station. Got on the train, left about 7 p.m., and it's about, no, I think, nine hours or so to get to Luxor. And we seemed to be in the carriage full of singing Muslim women most of the night, so that was fun. <laughs> no sleep. The next day, we, well, 4.30 in the morning, we arrive in Luxor, and our... The dude where we stayed before in Luxor, he owned this hotel called Happy Land. It's a big fat Egyptian guy. And he was there greeting us again. He's like, oh my gosh, how are you? So we went back with him to his hotel and he even gave us a better rate. I think we only had to pay about four and a half Egyptian pounds, which at the time it was about three and a half Egyptian pounds to the dollar. <laughs> so that was great. And we've got breakfast thrown in this time. Nowadays, it's about 16 Egyptian pounds to the dollar. So, yeah, we kind of just crashed because, like I said, we didn't get any sleep. And then later on, we went to, because the hotel's right kind of in the middle of the market. So we thought, well, let's get rid of some of our warm winter clothes, like fleeces and things like that. Probably a mistake to get rid of my fleece. 
now looking back. <laughs> but anyway, so I went to the market, did a bit of bartering, and I traded a fleece and a couple other things, and I got three cartouches, like necklaces, for, for gifts. So that was okay. And then we be able to get to the train later that day to Aswan. So that was about five hours. And then we went to the Aswan Palace Hotel to stay there. And we found out that our friends, Duncan and his sister, Beth, who had come over for a couple of weeks, uh, they were at the hotels. But we didn't get to Aswan until about midnight. But we we're so excited to see them. So we just woke them up at midnight like, hey, we're here. And Duncan, like we had been traveling with him on and off for about a month. And we is me and my friend Casey, who I left Canada with, and we've been traveling together for a few months at this point. So it was nice to see it. We were reunited. Yeah, and Aswan Palace Hotel. That was only about eight Egyptian pounds a night, so that was a bargain too. So the next day we were up early, and I went for a walk actually by myself. And I really liked Aswan. It was a smaller and prettier than Luxor. And in the Nile, there's all these like dotted little green islands. Really cute. So it was a little bit more relaxed than Luxor. Like Luxor's full on. And if you want to hear more about Luxor and Cairo, just go back to the, the last couple of episodes, the last one especially. It's, it's about Luxor and then there's a couple about Cairo. However, the Egyptian harassment continued in Aswan. It was more like foreign, I guess, harassment. So everywhere you walked, you hear Faluka, Faluka, Faluka to, to go out on a Faluka, Faluka boat ride, which we had done already in Luxor. So... Just got a little bit annoying. And unfortunately, we found out that the ferry that we needed to get from Aswan to Wadi Halfa in Sudan didn't leave until Sunday. And it was Thursday. So it was also day 82. So, and there's not a lot to do in Aswan. So we're like, well, we had no choice really. <laughs> so we had to stay there for three days. It was like, okay. And luckily, we also found out you had to catch the train from Aswan to the high dam because that's where the ferry left from the dam. So Casey and I thought, okay, we'll we'll just go to the market and stock up on food so we can make our lunches and dinners just to save a little bit of money. Although we also ate quite a lot of koshery as well because koshery is kind of the local main dish and it's delicious and quite filling and really cheap. It's like only 50 cents or something like that, really cheap. And it's kind of like a mix of macaroni noodles and lentils and spices and tomato sauce. It's, actually, it's really good, really filling. And then we went for our last dinner with... Duncan and Beth, because they were heading back to Cairo, and then went to a cafe and had some shisha pipes and played some backgammon, which is the usual thing you do most nights or days in Cairo, which was cool. I really liked it. And I usually get quite a big buzz off the shisha pipes because you get different flavors like apple flavored tobacco or honey flavored tobacco. And it was so smooth. You didn't even know you're smoking because I had just started smoking in Cairo. So it was, it was quite nice. So the next day, I decided to go for a walk by myself. So I was walking along and I saw these little boats like crossing the Nile. So I was like, oh, I'll just jump on one of those. And of course, I was the only Westerner because I was on these little local boats to cross the Nile and cross the Nile. And it's like I said, it's so beautiful. You know, it's a desert. So it's really, you know, reddy sandstone colors and the sun, you know, with the sun, it changes colors all the time. So it's really, really pretty. So, yeah. So I was walking along, of course, like a camel dude who was trying to sell me a ride on a camel, which I had done it pyramids in Cairo so I didn't need to do that again either but he just wouldn't leave me alone for ages so I saw there's like there's a big kind of hill or a small mountain so I just decided I'd climb that <laughs> get away from him so climbed up there and the views were beautiful like so you see all the Nile all the little islands and the desert and then I found a little niche in the cliffs and just kind of sat down and and it was just nice to have some alone time and some peace and quiet 
And now a quick sponsor break. Please, please, please never travel without travel insurance. Trust me, I learned once from the hard way and never again. <laughs> this is the travel insurance company that I use and they're awesome. They cover over 130 different countries. So go check them out. Manyroadstravel.com forward slash insurance, double L and traveled. And don't leave home without it, as the saying goes. <laughs> okay, now back to the show. And don't forget. Please, please, please never travel without travel insurance. Trust me, I learned once from the hard way and never again. <laughs> this is the travel insurance company that I use and they're awesome. They cover over 130 different countries. So go check them out. Manyroadstravel.com forward slash insurance, double L and traveled. And don't leave home without it, as the saying goes. <laughs> Not only is it great for you, but it also helps support the show. Thank you. And yeah, I just stayed there for about an hour or so and read and had my Walkman on, listened to tunes. It was great. But of course, in Egypt, I couldn't go anywhere for very long by myself. <laughs> so I just see this little head pop up about, I don't know, a couple hundred meters from me. I'm like, oh my God, you kidding me? Like no one else was around at all. And this guy just comes closer to me till he's about 50, 100 meters away from me, but just stands there and just watches me for ages and I'm like okay this is driving me crazy so I got up and just was you know walking around and he followed me for two hours at a distance but still it was so it was just annoying me driving me crazy so I was like oh well screw this I'll just head back so uh, on my way back he then came right up to me and I was like what do you want like why have you been following me for two hours like it's ridiculous <laughs> And he's like, oh, I don't speak no English, no English. And I'm like, well, just piss off. <laughs> Leave me alone, please. So I sat down to wait him out. But no, he just stood and stared at me. I was like, oh, my God. So I just got up and, you know, headed back down the hill. Well, two minutes later, he runs up to me like he's never seen me before. And he's like, hello, madam, you know, touches me on the shoulder. And I'm like, what are you doing? Like, leave me alone. Otherwise, I'm going to call the police and you're going to get arrested. Like, I had to mime this out to him. And I pushed him. And he kind of tripped over a rock and fell into the cliff. I mean, not hard. And I was like, you know, it just got so much because I'd had five weeks of this harassment from any from Egyptian men. And I was like, enough is enough. I mean, he wasn't hurt, but he finally got the idea and left me alone. Just jumped back on in one of the little local boats, crossed the Nile again, and went back to the hotel because that was the only peace and quiet I got. But of course, Casey's there. So <laughs> it's not alone time, but at least it was no harassment. We just made dinner in our hotel room because we had these little uh, camping stoves. So that was handy. And then the usual backgammon and shisha pipes. The next day, I there's you know there's a lot of nice nice hotels, so I just walked into one, <laughs> like I was staying there, and they had a pool, so just plopped myself down by beside the pool and just worked on my tan for the day and just did some reading and some napping. It was really nice. Didn't get asked anything. <laughs> Hotel room, no. So that was cool. And then so on day eighty six, we had to get up early because we had to get the train to the high dam. So we're at the train station at 6.30 in the morning, because that's the train was supposed to leave around then. Nope, didn't leave till 8 in the morning. But so we got to the high dam at 8.30, and we didn't <laughs> know where to get the ferry tickets. So we ended up walking across the dam twice, like there, across, and then back, looking just for the ferry tickets. Finally asked someone, and they're like, oh, yeah, it's just there. <laughs> so it's like, and the dam's big. It's a couple kilometers, or I don't know. So it's like, okay, with our packs on, which weighed about 22 kilos. So I was like, okay, idiots, it's right down there. <laughs> anyway, so we got, bought our ferry tickets and changed our Egyptian pounds for Sudanese pounds. And then we set sail about 4 p.m. And at the time, 
you know, it was just a big ferry boat. There wasn't any classes or seat, like not many seats kind of thing. So people just laying on the, on the floor of the ferry. But luckily the captain took a liking to me since we were the only Westerners on the ferry, except for this French couple who we'd actually met in Siwa Oasis before. So, so that was it. So it was four Westerners and about 500 local Africans. <laughs> So the captain came up to me and he liked me. So he took us to this kind of, I'll call it the VIP cordon off area <laughs> so we could put our sleep on the floor there, which is great. It's fine. But it was so, so windy. So I ended up building like a fort around us with our backpacks and everything. <laughs> it was crazy. And you get food on the, on the ferry. So, but it takes about 18 hours to get to Sudan. So a lot of time to kill. But like I said, you're still looking at the desert and it's, you know, it's beautiful views and everything. And then, so the next day, we finally got into Sudan, and it was like, oh my gosh, this is our second country in Africa, and it was the eighth country on the trip. That's when I really felt my African adventure journey was starting. I don't know why Egypt didn't. I think Egypt felt more Middle Eastern. Yeah, it was really quite exciting, and then to get to Wadi Halfa in Sudan, which you can hear all about in next Thursday's episode, so make sure you subscribe so you don't miss a step along the way. So just to summarize my time in Egypt, because went to almost everywhere in Egypt, really those five weeks waiting for this bloody Sunnis visa. Egypt has a lot to offer. It's it's amazing. Obviously, especially with the historical and archaeological monuments and sites, it's amazing. Like Luxor is crazy. It'll blow your mind. The Egyptian museum, like when you're seeing places like the pyramids and you're like, this is, these are like four to 5,000 years old. It's amazing. It really is. So that blew my mind. That was really, really cool. I also really loved the Sinai because it was just chilling out on the beach and stuff like that. And historically for me, it was the first time I ever had a, a joint, marijuana. So that was it. That was cool, I guess, for me. And I also like Siwa Oasis. That was, again, another very unique experience being literally on this, it's like a little island in the sea of the Sahara Desert. So mine is, you know, almost being attacked by stray dogs and the donkey boy. Listen to CY Oasis for that episode to hear more. I really liked it. The only drawback, of course, was the constant sexual harassment and also I call like tourism harassment, especially in Luxor and Aswan for those, but kind of all of Egypt for sexual harassment. I mean, I'm traveling with a guy who we said we were married. Didn't matter. <laughs> So, and, but there was times, a lot of times I was on my own. So for solo female travelers, just be prepared for that and just don't take any crap really would be my advice. But also it was really cool. I actually really liked Cairo as well for a big city. And it was really cool being there during Ramadan and being invited to Ali, the guy we met, to have breakfasts at 6 p.m. with his family in the streets of Cairo. That was really cool too. I mean, if you took away the harassment, I would have loved Egypt. I mean, I still loved Egypt, but that was just a pain in the ass, basically. And now it's time for Tam's Top Tips. So tip number one would be bargain for everything in the markets, especially. You're buying tours, gifts, or stuff like that. Just bargain for everything. Because whatever the price they say, it's extortionate. <laughs> so whatever they say, go, I would... Go with about a third of the price of that and then kind of meet in the middle. And also when Egyptians come up to you and say they want to do you a favor, well, just know that they want something in return, which is usually a tip. So my advice is negotiate first about this favor so you don't have any confrontations afterwards. So tip number two for the trains between Cairo, Luxor and Aswan, 
there's three types. So there's the deluxe sleeper, the overnight sleeper, and the AC Express daily. But it, for some reason, really hard for travelers like foreigners to get on the day one. So you have to get it at one of the night expresses. So for the deluxe sleepover express, it's eighty dollars to get to either Lux or Naz one's the same price for a couple. So that that's for two bunks, I guess. And if you're solo, it's $110. Now for the other one, for the Express Sleeper, which is what we got, it is $17 for first class or only $8 for second class. And you know me, I'm all about the budget. <laughs> second class was okay. And like I said before, it takes about nine hours. And if you have a student card, you get 33% off the trains and everything else in Egypt, pyramids, museums. So it's really helpful to have a student card. And so the Express leaves at 7.45 at night. And then tip number three for the ferry between Aswan and Wadi Halfa, like some memory, you have to go to the high dam. So going to Sudan, they leave on Wednesdays and then leaving Sudan to Aswan, they leave on Sundays. As I said before, it takes about 18 hours. Now, if you're going from Egypt to Sudan, you must have the Sudanese visa. <laughs> I think it's probably easier to get nowadays. So you can either get it in Cairo for $100 or in Aswan for $50. So second class tickets are $17 and first class $26. Like I said, there was no classes when I went there. It's just a big old boat with hundreds of people on it. And then for solo female travelers, yes, be prepared for the harassment because you'll get it even now, I'm sure. I mean, Egyptian women even got together and made this app about, I think it's called Harass Me or something like that. Have a look for that. And that just, what you put in, if you were harassed, you put in where you were at times. I don't know. But just stand your ground. I mean, I threw a few punches. I pushed a few guys. But I mean, you don't have to get physical, but stand your ground. Make a scene, especially if there's other people there, because they don't do that to Muslim women usually anyways. So they know it's not right. So make a stand. Don't be a victim kind of thing. It's not hugely physically a problem. I mean, I did get my ass grabbed in Cairo to listen to that episode. But besides that, it wasn't too physical. It's just verbal. And like I said, the staring and falling and all that, it's just, it's just tedious. So be prepared, take stand and you'll be okay. And if any doubt, there's so many, say after COVID, you know, other tourists and travelers in Cairo and Luxor and as one a little bit, but you'll meet other people. So you can always travel, hook up and travel together for your time in Egypt. And don't forget, please, please, please never travel without travel insurance. Trust me, I learned once for the hard way and never again. <laughs> this is the travel insurance company that I use and they're awesome. They cover over 130 different countries. So go check them out. Manyroadstravel.com forward slash insurance, double L and traveled, and don't leave home without it, as the saying goes. <laughs> Not only is it great for you, but it also helps support the show. Thank you. Okay, so I think that's a wrap for this episode. So we'll see you in Sudan next Thursday. Make sure you subscribe and leave your, yeah, leave a review. It'd be awesome. I give a shout out for those usually every week. We will catch you next Thursday. And safe travels, one word at a time.